from the book of Nehemiah, uh, and he's asked me to read some from the first chapter of Nehemiah. If you'd like to follow along, uh, I'll be reading from the book of Nehemiah, first chapter, uh, verses 2 and 3. Nehemiah, first chapter, verses 2 and 3. Hananin, one of my brethren, came with men from Judea, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. Good morning, church. We are thankful that each and every one of you are here today. We are thankful uh, for this week of Thanksgiving and want to encourage you, if you're traveling this week, uh, to be very, very careful. Uh, if you have uh, folks traveling with you, want to encourage you to bring them uh, with you to services. want to encourage you to be here on Wednesday evening. Uh, it's our Thanksgiving uh, service. We'll all meet here in the auditorium. There will not be any classes. And uh, I know that you will um, enjoy what we have uh, for you this Wednesday night. We're going to hear uh, not from our kids uh, directly, but uh, from some of our kids by way of someone sharing uh, their their thoughts of thanks thanksgiving uh, for the things that they're thankful for. So and, and some other things. So I hope that you will uh, make an opportunity to um, make point to be here uh, this week. Hopefully, we'll have a video to show from some of our love and learn kids as well uh, of the things that uh, that they are thankful for, and that's always precious uh, to hear from them. I hope that you've had the opportunity to pick up uh, an announcement sheet. I want to share with you uh, or bring to your attention a couple of things. I want to remind you or let you know that Jason Lamont's grandmother uh, passed away. She lived in Florida, so we want to uh, remember her uh, as also, uh, as was indicated in our prayer, uh, all those who have lost loved ones recently. Uh, John Roach is here today, and uh, John wanted me to make sure and thank you guys for all the, the cards and the calls during his, after his surgery and during his uh, rehab, and we're thankful that he's able to uh, be with us and is doing well, and probably in the, uh, the coming weeks we'll have his other knee done, and so we want to continue to remember uh, him as well. Uh, it's good to have Miss Kim Talent back. She had had some surgery, and so we're thankful that she's back uh, recovering from her surgery. Remember Glenda Shepard? and Bobby Hollis as they recover uh, from surgery uh, or they are recovering from surgery now as well. Uh, if you have young people, maybe you've seen them with a uh, M&M mini container. Uh, Dustin wanted me to share with you guys what uh, they're doing a service project to benefit some uh, in the community uh, during this time of the year. Um, so they'll be taking up change. Uh, if you can uh, give them change, quarters, whatever fit in here, uh, I know that will go a long way. And I'm sure, in fact, I know in Dustin's office there's some more of these. So it has candy. You can have the candy. Uh, but what what they need is the money in the containers. So if you want the candy, uh, see Dustin, he'll give you the candy, but on the condition that you bring it back uh, with money filled in there. So our young people are doing that. So please help them. If they've not asked you, uh, give one of our teenagers uh, some change that they can put uh, in there to, to turn in. 
It was brought to my attention uh, this morning that uh, you know we've been helping with our teen with the teen challenge group and feeding them uh, once a month. And we did that in November here at our building. We have the opportunity in December to do that as well. If you'd like to help with that, please see Miss Carol Ellison or Bill Shadale, uh, and you will be blessed uh, by being able to serve these men while they are in uh, this addiction rehab. Uh, but uh, one of the things that they do, they do a lot of study during the week, uh, but on Sundays they attend uh, various churches in the area. And I, I've been informed that uh, JT, one of the residents, uh, or one of the uh, um, leaders there, one of the resident leaders uh, is going to be bringing the group here tonight. So if you've not had the opportunity to meet them and would like that opportunity, won't you encourage you to be here tonight uh, for that. But also, those of you that will be here, we want you to uh, take note of them, uh, reach out to them, and let them know how much uh, we appreciate them uh, being here with us tonight. Maybe you've heard the story, I've shared this before, uh, about two guys that uh, they go into this cave and they're cave exploring. They're so excited and all of a sudden they spook this huge grizzly bear. They're terrified and they begin, they take out running out of the cave. And one of the young men you'll remember in the story, he sits down, he begins taking off his boots and he puts on his tennis shoes and the other guy says, hey man, wait a minute, we don't have time for that. He says, you can't outrun the bear. And he says, listen, I'm not worried about outrunning the bear. All I have to do is outrun you. I don't know about you, but that's not the kind of leader I want to follow. And so today as we talk about leadership and how to be an effective leader for God, we want to look uh, at the book of Nehemiah. And last week, I want to bring to your attention that we talked about all of us, we are leaders. We may not have a position, we may not have a title, but every one of us, we are leading someone. And so we need to be careful how we're leading and not lead them into the mouth of a bear. But we are leading someone, and it's important. John Maxwell has written a lot about leaders. A lot of books, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Uh, the 360 Degree Leader is a book that he has. Uh, there's the Leadership Bible and, and the principles that I want to share with you today come from his book, uh, 360 Degree Le uh, Leader, and also from the Leadership Bible. But we want to look with those principles and we want to look at them beside the character of Nehemiah. As Bruce read for us, uh, you'll remember that Ezra, Ezra tells us uh, that the Jewish people, they had re returned to Jerusalem uh, on an exile earlier, in about 538 B.C. Later, they were also taken into captivity, and they had another exile in about uh, 458 B.C. And when they returned from this second exile, they did not remain faithful to God. And as a result, uh, that was the purpose of that second ex exile. During that second exile, the, some of them also returned to Judah. And they settled in there. But they were a poor people at that time. Uh, they were defenseless people because the walls of the city, of the great city of Jerusalem, the walls have been destroyed. And so here they are, they are vulnerable. 
uh, to the attack of any army or any group of people who would want to come and do harm to them. And when Nehemiah heard that, it bothered him. You see, Nehemiah had been placed in the position of cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. That was an important position and it allowed him to be in connection or in front of the king on a regular basis. And when Nehemiah hears the condition of his people, he's saddened. He's broken hearted by their condition. So I want us to look at some different places throughout the book of Nehemiah. And I want us to see some different things that, that make Nehemiah this 360 degree leader. In other words, Nehemiah uh, really didn't have a position when he went to lead his people. That's an important thing to think about. Uh, yes, he had a position as the cupbearer to the king. But when he went to lead his people, he didn't have any position. This was a person who saw the condition of his people and he was saddened by it. And he thought, somebody has to do something. And so we'll see here in chapter 1, we'll begin in about verse 4, and we'll notice that Nehemiah, he begins to lead himself. He chooses to lead himself first. Nehemiah chapter 1 beginning in verse 4. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept. He saw the condition of his people and he wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you. You now... Uh, day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children uh, of Israel, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments and statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember... Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are faithful, I will scatter you among the nations. Or unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strength. Strong hand, oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. When Nehemiah heard the state of his people, he wept and he mourned and he said, Someone has to do something. But Nehemiah didn't say, Hey, y'all ought to go do something. Somebody over there needs to stand up. Nehemiah started with himself. And he says, I may not be the best person, but I can do something. So he decided to go to the king. He decided to take this in prayer to God. He goes to King Artaxerxes, and King Artaxerxes notices that he's sad. And this is not because he's sick. And he begins telling them about the condition of his people. 
You see, he was sensitive to the needs of others. He saw what was happening with this. These are my brethren. These are my countrymen. And that broke his heart. And he says, I need to do something. He saw their distress. He saw the reproach. He saw the adversity that they were in. He saw that they were poor. He saw that they were vulnerable. So what did he do? He disciplined himself. He began with himself. He began by fasting and praying and taking these things to God. He prayed to God about the circumstances of the people. How many times do we pray about God's people? How many times do we pray about the church and what's happening with the church, both here locally and the world abroad? How often do we pray for God's people? You see, we can look into the world and we can see what's going on in the world and we pray about that and that's good. But how often do we look at what's going on in the church, God's people, and we pray about the church, God's people. When he saw their condition of the people, he started with himself. And then he took those things to God. Did you see it in chapter 1 and verse 6? We saw this, if you read the book of Revelation, John does the same thing. John places himself with the people. Nehemiah didn't say, oh, well, you know what? Those people are over there. Boy, that ain't that bad. Mm. Man, I just hope, I hope things turn out well for them. He saw the condition and he was moved to tears and mourning and he took that to God. He says, somebody's got to do something. I'm willing to do something. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 6, both my father's house and I have sinned. He included himself with the sins and the disobedience of the people. Uh, Verse 7, he says, We have acted very corruptly against you, God, in His prayer, and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, or the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. You know, it is easy when something's happening to us or to people we care about to put the blame on other people, isn't it? Oh, the blame game's nothing new. You remember back in Genesis chapter 3 in, in the Garden of Eden. You remember when Adam and Eve had sinned? When God comes to Adam, what have you done? Oh, it's the woman's fault. <laughs> and he goes to the woman, what have you done? Oh, it's the serpent's fault. And the blame game, and they begin blaming some other people instead of saying, look, I, you're right, I need to start with me. What can I do? And Nehemiah said, I'm a part of the people And I'm a part of the problem, but I want to be also a part of the solution. He knew what the Scripture said. He petitioned God in His prayer. And He said, God, you remember what you said to your servant Moses? Uh, If the people are unfaithful, they will be scattered abroad. But if they return to you, even those that have been scattered to the farthest parts, you will gather them to your dwelling place. You see, he approached God on faith. He acted in faith. Someone has said this about self-discipline or discipline in general. Uh, They said, discipline yourself 
so someone else doesn't have to do it. Discipline yourself so someone else doesn't have to. You see, true leadership, and I'm not talking about positional leadership, true leadership that all of us have the ability to do because someone is following us begins with self-discipline and leading ourselves. Nehemiah led himself first. But I want you to notice in chapter 2 that uh, what Maxwell calls leading up, he led up. He, he realized his position of the cupbearer. Cup he realized his position to going before the king and he did so. Chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never been sad in his presence before. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad, since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid, and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the, to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Notice where he's at. He's still including himself with the people. And he's still saying, listen, I'm ready myself to do something. Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, how long will, you, uh, will your journey be? And when will you re- return? So it pleased the king to send me and I sent, uh, I sent him a time. Furthermore, I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And a letter to Asphah, uh, the, king, uh, the keeper of the king's forest, uh, that he must give me timber to make the beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple for the city wall and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I went to the governors in the region uh, beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent uh, captains of the army and horsemen with me. Nehemiah practiced self-leadership. And after that, he needed to practice leading someone in a higher position that could help him to be able to do something. And that was King Artaxerxes. You see, Nehemiah had faithfully served the king. In the position he was in, he faithfully served the king and that helped him with this opportunity that he needed. You see, the cupbearer's job was an important job. And because he had faithfully done his job, that built trust between him and the king. You see, his job was to make sure that the drink that was given to the king had not been poisoned. And so he would be the one that would prepare the drink and take it to the king. And sometimes would have to taste it to make sure poison wasn't there. So this was a very uh, important position. It built trust between him and the king because he was risking his life. Now that shows us what kind of person Nehemiah was. 
And as he interacted with the king, he did that out of total respect and submission. Wait a minute. Now, he's, a le- he's being a leader, right? Yes. He doesn't have that position. He doesn't have that title. But he uses his influence and the trust he has built with the king, but he treats him with respect and submission. If we want to lead people, even people with a higher position than us, then we too have to treat them. We have to build trust and we have to treat them with respect and submission. When asked about his situation, why he's sad, he didn't beat around the bush. He didn't say, well, um, um, he told the king why he was sad. And remember what Scripture says, that he became fearful. But in that moment, he prayed to God because he knew something had to be done. You see, a person doesn't have to have a position of higher authority to be able to influence things for change. You know, Nehemiah, he didn't just offer concern about the situation. He said, I want to be a part of the solution. You know, in any organization, it's easy to offer suggestions about what ought to be done. But if we want to be people of great influence and we want to lead people in the right direction, we also, like Nehemiah, need to be willing to be a part of the solution. Nehemiah took the opportunity and he led someone in a higher position. But I want you to notice another thing. In chapter 2 and chapter 4 and chapter 5, Nehemiah, then, in order to become this 360 degree leader, in other words, leading everyone under my influence, Every, whether they have a position higher than me or not, whether that's in the church or whether that's in my business or whether that's in school, to be a leader for God and to be effective, we also have to lead laterally, lead across, lead the people that we are around. Nehemiah, he took the initiative and he met the people where they were. He met the people in the rubble. It's often been said, and rightly so, that Jesus met people where they were. How often are we willing to meet people where they are? You see, it's one thing to say, hey, hey, we want you to come and be a part of this. And that can be effective. But it's another thing when I'm willing to meet people where they are. You see, this, many times that says to those individuals, I'm not any better than you. 
Nehemiah says, I'm right there with you. And I want to help. I don't want to talk about, just talk about the problems. I want to help be a solution. Nehemiah then, there in chapter 2, he goes out by night and he surveys the city. He does his homework to really find out. Listen, he's heard one thing. Now he's going and he's surveying the city. He's, he's saying, what condition are these people really in? And when he surveys the city, he really sees that condition he's heard about. They are distressed. They are in reproach. And he says, I want to help be a part of the solution. Isn't it interesting that Nehemiah places himself with the people. He's saying, I know the distress that we are in. You see, Nehemiah's not blaming somebody else. Nehemiah's not blaming the rest of God's people. Boy, look what you've done. This is the reason we're in this situation. Nehemiah says, we are in this together. You see the progression of what's happening? Nehemiah's purpose is about the people and not himself. That's what is making Nehemiah a great leader. He's able to lead the people that he has influence over. Whether they have a position higher than him or whether it's his people that he puts himself on the same plane. Considers their sins, his sins. He puts their distress uh, with himself. When things are going well, or when things aren't going well, leaders have to be willing to lead the people around them. Nehemiah then provided a solution. Chapter 2, verse 17, he says, Come let us... Build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be in reproach. Nehemiah said, Okay, people, here we are. Here's the situation. I don't like it any more than you like it. But let's all be a part of the solution. The wall has been torn down. Let us rebuild the wall. In chapter 5, when Sam Ballin and others brought opposition and started making fun of the people, Nehemiah stood up against them. Even though it may not directly benefited him, you see... His focus was on the people. And he stood up against that opposition for the betterment of the people. And also in chapter 5, the people then uh, began grumbling against one another and grumbling against, uh, against Nehemiah, as they've done in, in other times. But what Nehemiah had done, because now he had built some trust and influence of the people, he says, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I too am in the same condition that you are. 
And this is what we need to do. We need to refocus, stop tearing one another down. Because while we're fighting and trying to tear one another down, guess what? We can't move forward. We have a job. To, we have this wall to build. We are in distress and reproach. And we're worried about who's getting what and who's not getting what. Listen, we have a job to do. And He refocused them. And He repurposed them. You see, the key ingredients for leading laterally, leading across, is to take the initiative to be a servant. Nehemiah said, listen, not only am I trying to lead, but I want you to know I'm here building this wall with you. I'm in this with you. We will do this together. And then perspective. He put himself alongside the people. We have to be willing to serve and love people where they are in order to have influence and to be able to lead them. And then finally, in chapters 5 through chapter 13, we see what Maxwell calls leading down. That may sound like something negative, but it's not a negative. He's saying now he's been put in a position at this point uh, from chapters 5 to 13. He's been made governor over the city, governor over the area. Now he has been put in the position, but he didn't take that lightly. Because, see, he still considers himself with the people. Now he has a position to be able to do something. And he doesn't take that lightly. He even, we'll see later, he did not consider the privileges of a leader nor take part in many of those privileges. You see, a lot of times governors and presidents and kings and leaders, emperors, they have all of these delicacies that they get to enjoy because of the position. But not Nehemiah. Because he said, listen, I am leading this people back to God and that's what's important. Not that I sit back and enjoy now this position that I have been put in. You see, Nehemiah continued to practice what he preached. Not only did he say one thing to the people and then do something else. He said something to the people and then he himself practiced it. Guess who was right there as these people were rebuilding the wall? Nehemiah. He wasn't just giving direction... Nehemiah was working. Nehemiah was helping build the wall. Nehemiah, now as a leader in position, was getting his hands dirty with the people. He didn't get he refused to get distracted from his mission and purpose and his work led to recovery and spiritual renewal. You remember He had Ezra come in and read God's Word, something that the people had not done in a long, long time. And imagine this. Oh man, I'd get tired. But the people stood when the Word of God was read for hours. You know where I bet Nehemiah was? Standing with God. The people. 
You see, when we pour our lives into God's work and God's Word, then that's when we hold Satan at bay and that's when the cause of God and His kingdom can move forward. I want to be a part of the solution. How about you? Nehemiah said, I don't like where my people are. It bothers me. It bothers me so much that I don't care if I have a position. I want to go and I want to help be a part of the solution. You see, position was not a goal for Nehemiah. His concern was connecting with others and to get the job done well. For Nehemiah, it was about relationships and results. Nehemiah knew he couldn't squash the people in order to get results. Nehemiah knew he had to develop relationships with the people and he had to put himself with the people. Nehemiah wasn't like some people in the business world. Trying to get a big corner office or trying to climb the corporate ladder. Nehemiah was about God's purpose and helping God's people rebuild and refocus on God and being faithful. You see, Nehemiah wanted what was best for God's people. And that was his concern. So what's the point? The point is for us to realize I don't have to be an elder. I don't have to be a deacon. I don't have to be a minister to lead someone. I don't have to be in a position or gain a position to be able to lead people all around me including those that do hold positions above me. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, what kind of leader am I going to be? Am I going to continue being the kind that I am? And if we're doing that for the cause of Christ and in the church, that's great. But maybe it is... Maybe it is you're here today and you felt like, you know what, I can't do anything because I'm a woman. I can't do anything because I'm not one of the deacons or one of the elders. I can't say anything because I'm not the preacher or one of the ministers. Nehemiah didn't let position hold him back. Now, Nehemiah did things the right way. He led by building trust, loving people, meeting people where they were, trying to influence the people around them. Why? Because he sought a greater purpose than himself. We can do great things here. But we need every person, like Nehemiah challenged the people in his day, we need every person playing their part 
fulfilling their role, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in the body of Christ. Influencing the people that God has put under your influence. Not for a position, not for personal gain or glory, but so that we can say, it's all for God's glory. If we can help you in any way this morning, come forward and as we stand and sing.